You're listening to the Harris Beach Podcast, a show that explores evolving issues in the law and how they shape organizations, the way business is conducted, and how we live and work. The information provided in this episode does not and is not intended to constitute legal advice. Instead, all information, content, and materials are for general informational purposes only. Thanks for listening. Here's today's host. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Harris Beach Podcast. Today, I'm your host, Bill Flynn, and I am the leader of our firm's energy industry team. A little bit about Harris Beach. We're a statewide law firm with offices from Western New York all the way out to Long Island and all points in between. But for today's call, we're going to focus on the issue of energy and environmental. As I said before, I'm a leader of our energy industry team. A little bit about that. We're not your usual practice group type setup that most law firms have. Our energy industry team has, yes, those individuals and lawyers who deal primarily on a daily basis with quote unquote energy issues. But we also have on our team from all walks of life throughout the firm, not only in specific areas, but geographically, people that help us solve problems on on behalf of our clients. One of the main thrusts that we do in our energy industry team is deal with state government, whether it be on the regulatory side or whether it be on the beneficial side, the contract side, the administrative side of of things. And that's why we're very lucky to have one of the leaders from the New York State Energy Research and Development Authority, otherwise known as NYSERDA, with us today, Adrian Downey. Adrian is a principal engineer for the offshore wind aspects at the state authority, but I'm sure that she does many, many other things at NYSERDA, wears many hats there. A little bit of full disclosure, I was privileged enough to work at NYSERDA myself from 1999 to 2003 when it was a much smaller authority and at the time was described to me as the best kept secret in state government. But in a moment, Adrian's going to tell you that that is no longer the case. They are no longer a uh, best-kept secret. They are one of the biggest, if not the biggest, driver uh, on the environmental and energy scene in New York State, and not only a leader in New York State, but a leader in the nation in, in what they do. And because of that, they've been able to attract the type of talent that we're going to be talking to today with Adrian. So without further ado... Adrian Downey, thank you for joining us today. Thanks so much, Bill. Really great to be here. And, and thank you so much to the Harris Beach team for the opportunity to share a little bit about NYSERDA, as you you know, the, the New York State Energy Research and Development Authority. I, I think it's fair to say we're no longer a secret. Uh, <laughs> you know, we, we have pretty big work um, on our plates. They call it public service for a reason. Uh, and we're here to serve. You know, we have um, a tremendous amount to do uh, on behalf of New York State, on behalf of certainly the Northeast region, where we exercise a, a lot of leadership opportunity and also on the national stage, as you indicate. So we think about NYSERDA today as the, the think and do tank for New York State energy policy. It's a bit of a crude, uh, a crude articulation of it, but it gives you a sense that you know we are involved heavily on, on obviously the analysis and the policy um, that one would expect, but we also are, are very much engaged on the front line in, um, in, in operationalizing many of the programs that our, our state policies support. So we, uh, we get the fun, uh, fun opportunity to wear many hats and certainly in my role, opportunity as well. Well, that's great. Just a little bit more color to this that people should know is that 
The New York State Public Service Commission is the top energy regulator in New York State. And through a regulatory process, they decide where monies get collected and spent in New York State to better further policy goals of state government in the energy and environmental arena. What they did way back when I was there, and they've continued to do so, they chose NYSERDA to be the central administrator for on behalf of all the utilities in the state. So the utilities, although they have their own programs, what NYSERDA does is seamlessly run these programs across New York State so that there's consistency, clarity, transparency, and as I said before, there's nobody that does it any better. And today we're gonna be talking about offshore wind and renewables, but they also are in the areas of multifamily, low income, research and development, and the list could go on and on. And, and if we delved into everything that NYSERDA did, Adrian and I would be on this podcast for about four or five hours. So Adrian, before we uh, enter into the world of offshore wind and its place in the renewable arena in New York State, could you please give our listeners a, a broader view of the renewable energy efforts that NYSERDA is uh, handling these days? Sure. And you're absolutely right, Bill, to have put us squarely in the context of the, the Public Service Commission um, as our state regulator. I mean, we we work, and you know, NYSERDA works to, you know, very closely with the Department of Public Service to promulgate, um, you know, policies that, uh, that are really at the heart of what we are trying to achieve here as a state in terms of climate action as relates to renewable energy. We work uh, on all manner of topics, you know, relating from the generation uh, uh, attributes itself. We work on, um, you know, questions about transmission and interconnection. Um, we work on topics that relate to resource adequacy and reliability. Um, we work on topics that relate to, you know, economic impact, social benefits. You know, it's really, it's really quite a comprehensive view that our Public Service Commission, um, you know, takes on uh, when it when it looks at energy policy um, and and its instructions and orders to NYSERDA. And of course, we are involved in, in helping to, uh, to shape that conversation as well through our own independent research um, and, and analysis. Well, I know from a personal basis, it's invaluable the type of information that NYSERT is, uh, gives into the process at the Public Service Commission, having the privilege of being the chairman of the Public Service Commission while a lot of this was going on. NYSERDA's insight, again, was invaluable as it continues to be to this day. So let, let's switch over to, obviously, Governor Cuomo has made offshore wind a priority of his, as has a lot of other state government and other uh, state leaders across the state. And most notably, down in the Long Island area, there's a focus on, on offshore wind. And w why do you believe that offshore wind has become such a big priority for the administration and some of the benefits that we may be seeing coming out of this effort? Well, that's a great question. And I think it has to do with just how, how centrally renewable energy plays into, into New York's priorities and, and our need really to accelerate that activity. It comes down to climate change, really. New York State uh, last July um, enacted uh, what is really a nation-leading climate and clean energy agenda through the, the Climate Leadership and Community Protection Act. Um, that places the state on a path to carbon neutrality across all sectors of our economy, you know, transportation, buildings, industry, et cetera. 
Um, and it is, a, you know, an incredibly powerful and sweeping framework um, that builds on a decade of, of climate leadership by Governor Cuomo um, and provides the opportunity for, you know, each and every New Yorker really to play a, a role in, in protecting our communities while bringing renewable energy to scale. The CLCPA or the Climate Leadership and Community Protection Act, as it's uh, often referred to, has two major pillars um, that speak to renewable energy. The, the goal of 70% of the state's electricity to come from renewable sources by 2030 is our cornerstone. And that is part of our, our goal to uh, achieve 100% clean ener- uh, electricity on our grid by 2040. And so, you know, when we think about um, how we achieve those two goals, 70% by 2030 and 100% clean by 2040, you know, we, we have to look very closely at what are the resources that are available to us and what are, what are the potential benefits that are associated with those resources. And that's where it really comes into sharp focus uh, about the importance for New York State of offshore wind. Um, you know, we, we are cognizant that the, you know, the downstate grid as the NISO, the New York Independent System Operator, has so powerfully articulated is really a tale of two grids. Um, and so we have a, an upstate grid, which has been uh, making, making substantial progress in terms of its decarbonization efforts over the past number of years. And, uh, and is buttressed, you know, already by strong um, hydroelectric resources, amongst other uh, renewables. But downstate, you know, it's, it's just been such a tough nut for our state to crack. Um, and, and offshore wind is just such an abundant uh, and cost-effective resource that is literally awaiting our uptake um, offshore and will uh, offer a unique opportunity uh, to help decarbonize that downstate grid, um, as well as all of the, you know, clearly environmental, uh, social, um, and economic uh, development opportunities that come alongside of it. Yeah, that's great. And I know that the authority has, in the recent past year or two here, uh, had a solicitation for offshore wind. And there was a selection process, and the authority approved two projects down in Long Island that are well on their way to hopeful approval through the regulatory process and outright construction. But recently, another RFP and solicitation is out on the street. And could you touch upon that most recent solicitation for our listeners? Yeah, glad to, Bill. So you're absolutely correct. Last year, we were we were very pleased in tandem with uh, Governor Cuomo's signature of the CLCPA, um, the announcement of our first two projects, uh, or NYSERDA's first two projects. Incredibly exciting and rewarding, you know, to finally see our program, you know, be pivoting from the hypothetical. You know, we worked uh, very closely on, on developing an offshore wind master plan, you know, that helped us understand and articulate what the benefits and opportunities um, and challenges would be associated with this new industry, what it would mean for New York, and then to pivot that, uh, you know, those, those efforts, those planning efforts into, into our first projects was, you know, was really exciting. So we, um, as you know, we, we have a concluded contracts and published those contracts last fall on the, the Public Service Commission's docket uh, with Empire Wind uh, for 816 megawatts and with uh, Sunrise Wind for 880 megawatts with the developers uh, Empire, excuse me, Equinor and um, Orsted uh, in a joint venture with, um, with Eversource Energy, each respect. And so in concluding those uh, those first contracts, we were very, I think, enormously 
pleased with the results. Um, and we recognize that there was a, an important strategic opportunity in terms of our, our climate action needs, our environmental needs as a state, but also the economic development opportunities that offshore wind uniquely presents uh, to New York and to the region broadly. And, and so we petitioned um, the Public Service Commission in January to get back out in the market you know, and seize the opportunity uh, that is available to, uh, to New York. Um, and we were so uh, pleased this past July to launch that second solicitation for offshore wind, seeking up to as much as 2,500 megawatts. Um, and in tandem with that offshore wind goal, a generation goal, the priority of uh, making investments, uh, significant public investments, uh, matched by private capital in port infrastructure. And so we have a unique solicitation that is currently on the street that marries those two objectives, um, the offshore wind generation, again, of 2,500 megawatts, with a, you know, a commitment to competitive solicit state funding for port infrastructure that is really going to be you know, pivotal in unlocking uh, the economic development opportunities and growth in the supply chain localization, et cetera, that we would really hope to see from this industry. And you know, we, we made that announcement together with um, our land-based renewables program, which continue to be you know, just an incredibly powerful um, resource in our goals of, of 70 by 30 and, and 100 by 40, as, as noted. You know, in tandem, the offshore wind, as well as our onshore solicitations, you know, together aggregate to four gigawatts of open solicitation for renewable energy, which is expected to spur approximately $7 billion in direct investments and to create approximately 4,500 4, good paying short and long-term jobs. So these are, are just incredibly powerful uh, steps that we are taking. And, and we're really excited about the prospect of receiving bids to both our land-based as well as offshore wind solicitations this, later this fall. 4,500 jobs, that, that's a big number. And I, I guess that when people look at this and they think of offshore wind or land-based generation in renewables, there really is a lot of focus on the jobs. But my gosh, 4,500 jobs potentially approximately for this type of effort is a huge number, especially in the situation that our economy is in these days, not only here in the state, but, but federally. This has to be welcome news and something that NYSERDA is very proud of. Yeah, absolutely. Again, you know, we we indicated at the outset we were we're here at the public service, and that's that's exactly what we aim to do. You know, we know that throughout the pandemic, you know, Governor Cuomo has made it clear that his climate and clean energy agenda would would continue to be a priority for the state. You know, climate jobs and and clean energy jobs are are just such an, a powerful economic engine and growth opportunity, clean job opportunity, and jobs of the future. So as New York is trying to um, or continuing rather to reimagine in our economy um, as part of this reopening, um, you know, it's, it's important that, that we continue to uh, emphasize aligning the imperative of the climate crisis with the new urgency of the economic recovery um, and job creation efforts across New York State. We're very proud um, and honored to be able to support uh, the governor in, in those goals. Well, as proud as you are of, of what the governor is doing, we're here at Harris Beach are very proud to be involved in that, uh, given that we represent the uh, Sunrise Wind developers in the regulatory process. So we're, we're very close to the situation and we know how important it is for developers to understand the process and exactly what you know, NYSERDA is looking for when looking at successful uh, projects. So what would you say are the two or three most important things about 
the solicitation for developers, supply chain partners, or others to know when looking at potentially investing more, if not for the first time, more into this effort out at NYSERDA? Sure, and that's a great question, Bill. You know, I think that the Public Service Commission puts our priorities into pretty stark relief. Um, you know, they are clear, both on the land-based side as well as on the offshore side, about our, our state's priorities. Um, you know, our evaluations are prescribed to uh, to look at, you know, 70% price, you know, 20% economic benefits in, in the case of offshore wind and, um, you know, about 10% of project viability. And so, you know, we're looking at a, an important balancing act here of prioritizing um, and incentivizing economic development and growth, which is, you know, an incredibly important thing for our state to be um, working towards seizing, you know, the opportunity that, uh, that this climate action, you know, uniquely presents. But it's, you know, we're also very, very, very focused on, um, you know, successful projects. We need these projects to be built in order to um, to meet our goals. And they need to be feasible, uh, both technically, and they need to be feasible socially. And so it's a really important uh, look at, you know, in terms of project viability, the ability to make sure that we uh, are, are on time, you know, in achieving our goals and that these projects and all of their associated benefits fully come to fruition um, is, is really important. But looking uh, at the question of economic development specifically, you know, we are making monumental strides in each of our solicitations towards our clean energy goals, um, awarding not only significant projects in each round, and but as a state, we have you know, the greatest number of consumers in the region or go the greatest demand of any state in the Northeast for clean energy. That also means that we have then, you know, the longest run rate in our programs and anticipate making steady procurements effectively over the next decade. And so when we think about our state's you know, clean energy and clean economy ambitions, you know, we are cognizant that these are exactly the things that, that investors crave, you know, market size and stability. So in, in that framing, you know, we're not shy about confirming our ambitions as we move to build back better for New York, that we want to see supply chain localization happen both onshore and offshore. Um, again, our, our solicitations expressly incentivize economic development through their, through their, um, their evaluation weighting. And this also, you know, very much includes the prioritization in, in keeping with the CLCPA's priorities of, of climate equity uh, for the, the opportunities um, to, uh, to provide economic development opportunities for disadvantaged communities. So overall, I would say that, you know, we have the policies, sorry, Bill, um, we have the policies, you know, we have the legislative mandates, and we are working steadily to, you know, to de-risk any remaining complications and permitting and approvals to get these built, projects built and operating. And so whether you're involved in any aspect of this, you know, of the, the clean energy economy, whether it's development, construction, installation, or operations and maintenance, you know, this market is not hypothetical, and the, the time is really ripe to be acting now. New York is, is firmly open for business. Well, I, another thing that I know the authority is not shy about, and they stress this to the developers, is involving the stakeholders at the local level. Uh, you use the word consumers at the PSC. They're known as rate payers. Those terms mm-hmm. are interchangeable, and there is a lot of effort and time-consuming that goes into reaching out to the stakeholders and let's use Long Island as an example, because that's where the offshore wind is right now. But it goes on in upstate too when you do the land-based generation. And it is a partnership with the locals. And obviously not everybody is going to be in favor of the development. There are those that have different views and that's what makes our state that much greater with differing views. However, 
I do think that NYSERDA and the developers are asked by the Public Service Commission and they follow through to make sure that those people who are going to be affected, whether they be a municipality or a, an individual, a homeowner, a business owner, aware of the project and, and what it's going to mean to their community, whether it be environmental stewardship, economic development, the project itself, all very important and, and just as important as a lot of the other things that you spoke of before. W wouldn't you think so? Absolutely. Absolutely. Stakeholders are central to everything that we do at NYSERDA. No policy is, is effective um, you know, in a vacuum. Uh, we, we live in a very dynamic society. Um, we are fortunate to live in a very dynamic, dynamic society. Um, and, and it is important, and, and you raise an excellent point, uh, Bill, in, in stressing, you know, when we said the project viability is about technical feasibility, but also social feasibility, that's exactly what we're talking about. Um, early and often is absolutely critical. It's easy to say, but it is powerfully important to do. Engaging with communities and understanding, you know, what, the, what are the priorities of New York State? Um, you know, in addition to, to uh, clean jobs, um, you know, it's important that we have an understanding of, you know, the various stewardship roles that New York State plays um, and, and that our stakeholders expect. You know, they expect us to be engaging with environmental um, stakeholders. They expect us to be engaging with the commercial fishing industry, especially in the case of offshore wind. You know, they expect us to be engaging um, with with labor um, and understanding, you know, how we can make sure that these, you know, the jobs are, are not only delivered locally, but that we have the training and the skills to be able to do so. Um, you know, they expect that we engage, especially on offshore wind side, again, with, you know, the maritime community so that we have a common understanding of, of how, uh, you know, new industries can best coexist. And that's really what it's about. It's about coexistence of, of a new industry with incumbent industries and, and new, new infrastructure uh, with our existing grid and with the communities that it services. And so it is incumbent upon uh, certainly the state, but also the industry broadly to be in close communication with stakeholders um, on, on all of these topics and to be promoting mutual understanding and to be working collaboratively to find solutions that uh, maximize benefit while minimizing um, impacts and conflicts. No, that's great. It couldn't have been said any better. Uh, let me ask you a real quick question about, and I touched upon before, municipalities, you know, what should they be doing right now if, if they are interested in the quote-unquote build re ready element of this program? Sure. So the Build Ready program is is a new uh, area of, of development for uh, for NYSERDA, and it came out of last spring uh, budget session, concluded with the enactment of uh, a new energy siting law, the Accelerated Renewable Energy Growth and Community Benefit Act, which if you, you can think about it as sort of a, a, a practical companion piece to the, the CLCPA. It really focuses on um, the question of the pace of renewable energy development and accelerating the planning. And, and build out of bulk and local transmission, as well as uh, distribution infrastructure and, and likewise uh, clean energy projects. And so specifically, you know, the, the new law has two, um, two prongs that I think are, are, are particularly of, of note. You know, the new law created a first in the nation Office of Renewable Energy Siting, or ORES, um, which is, is created to help improve and streamline the process for environmentally responsible and cost-effective siting of large-scale renewable energy projects. And it also creates 
as you note, uh, the, the, the Clean Energy Resources Development and Incentives Program, which we call Build Ready for short. So this program is, is administered by NYSERDA uh, in order to rapidly advance what we're calling Build Ready projects. So we are prioritizing the development of existing or abandoned commercial sites, brownfields, landfields, formal industrial sites, and, and other underutilized Sites. And so the goal here is, is for NYSERDA to step in, uh, pursue development on these sites that are, for one reason or another, undesirable to commercial developers, but are otherwise you know, ripe for investment and, and potentially a good fit uh, for, for many communities interested in hosting renewable energy projects. So we would, you know, in, in, in fulfillment or in, in, um, uh, in the development of this program, you know, it's really important uh, that we work uh, very closely with local communities to make sure that they have a strong voice and are actively involved at every stage of this process. Um, and this is in complement, again, to the, the, the actions that are on, underway by the private sector um, in pursuit of, of their um, sort of business as usual, you know, project development. So New York has, you know, in making community engagement and on-the-ground support uh, a cornerstone of, of this process, you know, we have just this past week expanded our community outreach strategy for identifying build-ready proposals seeking um, with an RFP that is seeking a, a site prospecting consult, uh, consultant to support the renewable or the responsible siting, planning, and development of renewable projects in New York. And so, you know, we are working very actively uh, with certainly local governments, landowners, community members, and other interested stakeholders uh, to nominate sites for consideration as build-ready projects through our public request for information um, that was in, in, launched in July and now together with this, uh, this RFP for a site prospecting consultant. Well, what a great opportunity. Uh, having lived in most of the uh, upstate regions, this seems to me to be a win-win for not only the municipalities, but for the state as a whole and for NYSERDA and their programs. So um, anybody listening to this program that does have interaction with municipalities across the state, whether you be a county, a town, please reach out to NYSERDA and find out more about this program. We're coming near to an end here, but I, I think that I'd be remiss, Adrian, if I didn't mention you've just had some recent change in leadership at, at the authority, Alicia Barton, who did a wonderful job as president uh, and during her tenure has moved on to becoming the CEO of a clean energy company uh, back in her home area of Boston, Massachusetts. But Talk about win-wins. You, you had Alicia, and now you have as your acting president uh, somebody who I, I call a friend, uh, Doreen Harris. And I, I bring that up because Doreen headed up the renewables program at the authority. And to now have her in the uh, leadership position of, of president of the authority, I don't think that that was just done by chance. I think that there was a opportunity for the governor to put uh, one of the top people in state government in a leadership position at, at NYSERDA and continue the ball rolling in this area, especially in the area that we're talking about today. I, I, I think you would agree with me, don't you think? Absolutely, Bill. We are so pleased about Doreen's appointment um, and couldn't imagine anyone better equipped for the job. Um, certainly, NYSERDA's portfolio is diverse um, and our, our programs up and down the, you know, all across the state and throughout, you know, our, our various areas of influence, you know, certainly uh, Doreen is 
more than capable uh, and eager to dive in, you know, to that depth and breadth. Um, but we are, are, you know, very pleased that uh, that someone with as, as deep and nuanced uh, an understanding of the large-scale renewables um, opportunities that New York State uh, can have, both onshore and offshore, is now, uh, you know, in our leadership position. You know, selfishly, it's the it's the best uh, best position that we could have hoped for. Um, you know, we know that these programs are near and dear to her heart and her fluency. Um, you know, in understanding all angles, stakeholders, industry, uh, regulation. You know, all of it is is just really an incomparable opportunity for our programs and their advancement. So we couldn't be happier for Doreen, uh, nor more proud of, of her achievements. You know, she she will do us more than proud, um, just as we are, are, as you know, extremely grateful for Alicia Barton's uh, recent leadership. Yeah, I, I had an opportunity uh, recently to talk to Doreen about that, having served as a former president of NYSERDA and discussed there how many res- other responsibilities that there are at, at the authority beyond the renewables arena. But uh, I, I agree with you, where, whatever she is doing every day, she will still be remembering uh, the role that she had before, never forgetting where, where she came from in, in that group at the authority. So I don't think any steam is going to be lessened. Uh, as a matter of fact, it'll probably be more focused in that area going forward. And, and I wish her the best of luck. She'll no doubt in my mind do a great job. So oh, absolutely. Uh, on, uh, yeah, uh, on that note, I, I think we're going to uh, wrap it up here for today. And, and I want to thank you very, very much, Adrian, for spending your time today. Uh, your feedback has been very informative, not only for me, but I'm sure that everybody who is lucky enough to listen to this podcast and, and hopefully uh, they're, they are going to turn around or they're going to tell somebody else uh, this information. And all you got to do is, if you want to find out more about what Adrienne and her colleagues are doing at, at NYSERDA, all you've got to go to do is go to their website at www.nyserta.ny.gov. We'll have it, the link available in our show notes. And the last plug will say if there's any views or assistance that anybody needs in in the law surrounding the energy regulatory arena or how things work out at NYSERDA and beyond, please visit uh, harrisbeach.com or you can reach me directly at wflynn at harrisbeach.com. Adrian, again, thank you very much. Any final words? No, just a simple thanks, Bill. Uh, we really appreciate the opportunity to uh, to join today's podcast, and thank you to Harris Beach for hosting. Um, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Harris Beach podcast. Be sure to visit harrisbeach.com to join the conversation and access show notes. Please rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcast.